Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 165 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, Jacksonville's best podcast, according to the Folio Weekly. It is Thursday, November 14th, 2019. My name is Josh Canyon, and I am here with Michelle Brahun. How are you doing, Michelle? Uh, I'm doing fine. I didn't know I was in some uh, French villa right now. Yeah, I'm trying to give us more like upscale European names to where we seem more sophisticated <laughs> to combat some of those negative uh, reviews. Oh, we're we're unsophisticated. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you sounded legitimately upset about that. Mike Mike just found out that we were unsophisticated. <laughs> sorry that I, sorry you had to find out this way. Uh, so I just got done uh, trademarking or uh, uh, filing an application to trademark my band name, Dancing with no. Ghosts. So big that, deal. That was fun. Spending like two hours of my day. But see, so at the end of the day, the filing fee ended up costing me two hundred seventy-five dollars uh, uh-huh. to file. Uh, I I initially was like, you know, I'm just going to go through an attorney and let them handle it. And that way I won't have to like worry about anything and they'll do all of it. And they were wanting like five, six, seven, even one figure was for like sixteen hundred bucks. Damn. Yeah. They're wanting all this fucking money. And in typical lawyer fashion, they're charging me for shit like, oh, well, I'm going to search the trademark database to make sure if there's any matches for your name. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not. You probably didn't know this, but you can go to the United States Patent and Trademark Office website and use that search database your own goddamn self for free. <laughs> Absolutely free. That would be or like crooks. Yeah, you the, know, they, they try to get squeeze every last cent they can out of people. That would me so. be like me like billing uh somebody for asking me some question about unsolved mysteries and I'm like okay well uh it's gonna be a hundred dollars for that answer and that includes a fifty dollar uh search engine fee, search engine fee <laughs> you know I have to search for the answer and then I have you know and then the the my that's in addition to my fees and. And if you want an extra person on the case, you want me, my uh, friend and co co host who wants to, mm. you want an extra person to check it out. It's another hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and like their quote unquote personal fees, that's just any arbitrary number that they pull out of their ass that they feel like charging you. Yep. And, and I mean, I know, I think we have like at least one lawyer slash attorney person that I know that listens to our podcast, and I'm not saying that I think all. Lawyers no, are neither bad. am I. I don't think all of them are crooks either. It's just there are there are a good amount of them that 
They are. They're straight up They're, crooks. It's just it's just the little things like the whole like database searching fee. It's like, man, come on. Like I could do that. And I, I get it. It's like, oh, I know you could you could do it for free, but I'm doing it and it's on my time. Therefore, I am charging you because my not time that, is valuable. It's not going to take that much time. Then it's kind of like it's kind of bullshit, man. When I was going through that John and Terry uh, Unsolved Mysteries uh, cease oh, and desist yeah. letter debacle. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I tried calling up uh, a, a few lawyers here yeah, locally. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Those motherfuckers don't even want to say two words to you before you're paying them money. Yep. Mm-hmm. I tried to just ask a simple question, and, and I mean, some of them would just get straight up, like, hostile. This one bitch was like, Sir, I'm not giving you legal counsel. You know, I'm not going to answer any of your questions. I'm like, okay, bitch, bye. Like, fuck <laughs> you. Jesus Christ. Like, show a little fucking uh, compassion, you know? Like, I wasn't asking for, like, you to take on my fucking case. I was just trying to get some kind of direction because I was clueless as to what to do. But, man, these fucking lawyers, they want, they want like, hundreds of dollars before they'll even... Let you fart depends in their on direction. If you know. It depends on if you know somebody. Like, if you know somebody who, you know, you're friends with someone, and they're also friends with a lawyer, maybe you could maybe arrange a meeting or something. There's a guy who actually came to one of my classes who was a who was a copyright lawyer. Uh, he didn't actually come to the class. He was on Skype. So we did a video chat with, with, the, with the class. So there are, there, are, there are some options out there. I know a friend of mine... Who I did some volunteer work with at the at the uh, horror convention in Portland. Um, he knows a guy who's a copyright lawyer. So there, there are you know it's sort of like you know, do you know somebody who happens to know somebody? And if if that's the case, then you might get a little minor exception possibly for at least just for some advice. Um, if not, most of them are probably just going to treat you like. Uh, what are you What are you doing? If you don't have money and you're not gonna pay me, then don't call me. Yeah, I mean, the, we'll see. That was the first mistake I kind of made. Was I knew somebody who was an attorney, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, you know, could, do you do copyright work?" Because he mainly ex- had experience uh-huh. in like divorce and yeah. all that kind of shit. He was that kind of lawyer. But yeah, I just figured it wouldn't hurt to ask. And instead of him just saying. No, I don't specialize in that field. I think he was like, because he's kind of a newer attorney. I think he was trying uh-huh. to like expand his repertoire. So he's like, yeah, I can do trademark and copyright. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I went to his office and paid him. I think it was like three hundred seventy-five dollars, uh-huh. and that was supposed to cover everything. Yeah. And um, like fucking eight or nine months went by, dude. Like, did not hear anything. Now I know when you're copywriting or trademarking anything it takes a long fucking time for the library of congress and the trademark yeah. and patent office to acknowledge something or whatever but this was like taking an inordinate amount of time so i kept kind of like prodding him about it and uh finally after like so so much time had passed i was just like dude i was like let me just get a refund <laughs> you know like you're taking way too long and honestly like what I think happened was the dude didn't know what he was doing and he didn't <laughs> yeah. and he didn't know like uh-huh. what to do with my case and instead of just like telling me, Hey dude, I, I I'm sorry. I, I honestly don't really know 
how to do this or I don't have time to do it or whatever. I, I, I think instead of doing that, he just literally just, I don't know, kept me in the dark. It was kind of, kind of fucked up. He ghosted but, you. Yeah, I don't know, but I got my money back and I submitted my trademark. So hopefully my, uh, my band gets, uh, uh, hopefully it doesn't take you eight to nine months. Yeah, it might. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> I, honestly, it's it's pretty uh, normal for that, but uh, hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be quick. And then we will be the only Dancing with Ghosts that will be legally allowed to exist. And if if there is another one in the United States, at least I will slap their ass with a cease and desist, just like John and Terry did to me. <laughs> what if they do a podcast called uh, 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 Uncovering Dances with Ghosts? Or Dancing with Dancing God, with Why ghosts? does everybody say Dances with Ghosts? <laughs> Why is it the movie? Did, did, dancing with dancing with ghosts. No, but but like literally everybody does it. Like it's not just you. Everybody says fucking dances. Well, with normally ghosts. I don't do that. I just fucked up. So <laughs> I don't get it though. Like, is it dances dances with wolves? Is that is that why? I don't know. Like it's so weird, and they like it's been like fucked up on uh, like announcements to like large <laughs> groups of people, and it's like, and I'm just sitting in the crowd, yo, dancing. Dancing. <laughs> we should uh we should do like a like a a t-shirt like a misprint t-shirt as like a limited time that'd be funny. <laughs> anyway, nobody wants to hear about my band according to some, uh one review I saw in our iTunes thing. So anyway, or actually there's more than one. Um that's why I removed the song at the end of the podcast, guys, and why I don't promote the band anymore because people were getting getting pissy about it. No, it's actually because I just figured I'd give it a rest. But don't you worry, whenever our new song comes out, I will be hyping that on this podcast. <laughs> Believe you me. Um, this is a podcast about the show Unsolved Mysteries, and uh, right now we'll be talking about some Unsolved Mysteries. Um, oh, before we get into that, though, um, back uh, many months ago, me and Mike did Cult Month, where we covered a bunch of cults, and one of the cults was the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, I just got done reading Megan Phelps Roper's uh, book, uh, Unfollow, about how she left the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh The scary older lady, uh, Shirley Roper, uh, who you saw in the documentary, that was her daughter. She was like... Whoa. She was like the head... Like the the second in command, basically. Megan Roper Phelps or whatever. Um, So when she left, it was a big defection. Like it was like, whoa. Nobody expected that she would be leaving. And she wrote a uh-huh. book about it, and uh, it was fucking awesome. And um, now I'm reading another girl from, or another lady, woman, whatever the fuck term makes you feel comfortable. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lauren Drain, she has a book called Banished that actually came out way before Megan Phelps's book came out. And that documentary on Vice about the Westboro Baptist Church you can watch on YouTube. Remember Steve Drain, the tech guy who was like, oh, yeah. you know, like, you know, yeah, man. Uh, oh, 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 I'm, you know, I'm not gonna say, but you know, whatever. You know, the whole God, uh, God hates fags thing. Basically, he was all uh-huh. like talking out of his ass and with the his dark aviator sunglasses on, just looking as pompous as oh yeah, could that be. fucking guy. Yeah, who made those cringeworthy uh, parody songs and all the that drain snake. Yeah. So his daughter Lauren uh, left, and uh, that was another kind of a big defection. Even though that one was kind of seen coming more so than Megan's, um, and God, she is fucking hot, Lauren Drain. Oh my God! If you're out there, Lauren, please, <laughs> please DM me somehow, some way. 
at uncovering um on Twitter because that's that's our preferred method. So Josh of is he's like you can drain me anytime. Oh God, Mike, come on, <laughs> that's dirty. I'm trying to get them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I have to act like I've never said anything inappropriate before. But no, I say all that to say that I've learned so much about the Westboro Baptist Church since we did that episode on it. I wish. I almost wish we had waited because I have like so much more info on it. And uh, those are just really good books. And when I say I've learned a lot more about the Westboro Baptist Church, I say that as in they're still just as fucked up as ever, if not more so. But mm-hmm. I just have more information on it in general. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm now a, p- a part of their church. I'm not, it's not like Scientology, <laughs> where, where I am a Scientologist now. It's not like that. It's uh, different. But uh, no, Unfollow and Banished are two really good uh, books from two former members of the Westboro. Speaking of cults, like we should revisit cults. Yeah, sometime. there's st- there's definitely some we haven't. Um... Wild, wild country. Yeah. It's also, another thing I'd like to mention series. real quick in the um, Clearwater area, um, Mark Bunker, who is a um, kind of a anti Scientology advocate, is running for city council. Uh, so if you live in the Clearwater area and you vote for your city council members, vote Mark Bunker because uh, Scientology is always trying to like uh, domineer and take over downtown Clearwater and keep it from uh, you know flourishing. And, and a lot uh-huh. of people are afraid of going to downtown Clearwater because of Scientology. Uh, and Mark, Mark Bunker wants to go in there and really make some uh, positive changes to kind of you know, uh, not oust completely, but to uh, help control the Scientologist blight that they are trying to spread across Clearwater. So if you happen to live in that area and you vote, vote for Mark Bunker, and he's got a lot of stuff on YouTube if you uh, search for him. So, yeah, that's my soapbox uh, cult news for uh, this episode. <laughs> so anyway, this is going to be a shorter podcast because I have to leave to go to my uh, karaoke gig, but it works out all right because we have some short cases. Uh, we have the uh, case of Christopher Day, and we have the uh, bowling massacre of Las Cruces. Mm-hmm. Las Cruces, I think, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We didn't talk about which one we want to do first. Do you care? Uh, I don't know. I don't really care. What All right. Well, I'll take Christopher Day then. Uh, my <laughs> pick was Chris or Christoph. My my fault, Christoph, not Christopher. I'm sorry. He that's I think that's secretly why I gave me and Mike those French European names at the beginning of the podcast. No. Christoph Day is the well, should, uh, yeah, is the I don't want to spoil anything. Is the <laughs> I might have just spoiled it just then by that that pause. Christoph Day is the son of fireman Bill Day and Betty Field. The couple married in 1976, and their son was born in 1980. Despite their initial happiness, problems began to plague the couple's marriage. In 1983, they began divorce proceedings. Bill's lawyer suggested that he should be specific regarding visitation rights. So, with the reenactment, did they have, like, the typical sort of thing where, you know, they're uh, yelling at each other, but you don't really hear the dialogue? It just sounds like they're angry at one another, and then then there's a narration, like, oh, their problems are plaguing the marriage. No, they were in this, like, kind of conference room, and they are sitting at this, like, big, you know, meeting table, conference table, uh-huh. and, you know, she had her lawyer, and he had his lawyer, and, you know, the lawyer, his lawyer is saying to him, you know, you really should be specific about these visitation rights, 
And then the the ex-wife chimes in. She's like, oh, no, it's okay. He can see Kristoff whenever he wants. And so dumb, dummy, dumb, dumb husband Bill Day goes, I trust my ex-wife. I Okay, that's fine. We don't have to be specific about any of that. So he trusted Betty's word. And when she told him that he could see Kristoff whenever he wanted, he just totally believed it. The divorce became final on May 14th, 1984. Bill soon found out that his trust had been misplaced. Within weeks, he had to take Betty to court because she refused to let him see Kristoff. She was ordered to honor Bill's visitation rights. Despite this, she still did not abide by the ruling and refused to let him see their son. What a bitch. Yep. What a see you next Tuesday, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, yep. that too. The only way he could see Kristoff was by visiting him at his preschool. As the weeks went by, Bill only saw his son at Betty's whim. He felt that he had no choice but to keep taking her to court. Finally, in October of 1984, a judge threatened to jail Betty if she continued to deny Bill's rights. Three days later, she disappeared, taking Kristoff with her. Bill then began an intense and frustrating search for his son. He started by watching the home of one of Betty's relatives. He even paid, or he even found a letter by his ex-mother-in-law that was postmarked uh, Dallas, Texas. Well, he Texas. paid the garbage collector $20 a week to let him go through the trash. Yeah, in which he finally found this letter. I mean, Jesus, yeah. the kind of faith you'd have to have that, like, oh, I'm sure I'll... I mean, I guess back then, you know, in the... 80s you know people were writing letters way more than they would be now yeah but like the odds of finding a handwritten letter uh -huh. in the trash now are like almost zero to none well also i mean the the lengths that he went to to find evidence is it's a lot more than some people would actually be willing to do nowadays oh yeah um, i mean he really so he really gave uh, a shit about his son you could tell oh absolutely and, and it's one of those things where He's doing the type of things that a PI would be doing. Oh, yeah. You know, watching the home of the relatives, you know, paying garbage collectors, you know, all this other sort of stuff. Um, but he probably saved money. I mean, he only probably spent $20 a week in gas. On You know, that's that's all he really paid, paid for for the search is $20 a week in gas money. Yeah, and if he had hired a PI, he would have been paying a thousand dollars a week so the f lesson is yeah. folks do it yourself whether it be trademarking your band name or stalking your son <laughs> um <laughs> yeah anyway i'm not i'm not salty about that at all um so anyway he found this letter from his ex-mother-in-law that was postmarked dallas texas he surmised that she had moved there in order to be near betty and Kristoff. two years passed and Bill was granted legal custody of Kristoff and finally obtained an address for Betty's mother. He took four days off from work and arrived in Dallas on October 26, 1987. He picked this date because Betty's birthday was October 28th and Kristoff's was October 30th. He figured that the two would visit her mother on one of those days. Throughout the day, he staked out the home. For a brief moment during the night, it seemed as though his search was about to end. In the rear kitchen of the house... He saw his ex-mother-in-law. He then saw a figure of a child whom he presumed to be Kristoff. However, he decided not to confront them because he believed she would cause a scene and traumatize Kristoff. I mean, what a, what a thoughtful and caring individual this man is. He figured he would get a better chance to take him during the next four days. 
Sadly, he was mistaken. When he returned to the house the next day, the, his son was gone. Four more days of watching would yield nothing. Back in Maryland, Bill was desperate and decided to call Betty's relative, whose trash he went through. Bill said that he did not want to take Kristoff, but just wanted to visit him. He also said that he knew where they were. Betty, through the relative, replied that if he knew where they were, he should come get them. She promptly disappeared again. Six months later, he returned to Dallas. He managed to locate his son's school only to find that Kristoff was no longer in attendance. Unfortunately, his school records had been turned over to Betty. Sympathetic to Bill's plight, Kristoff's teacher questioned one of her students. He told her that he had last seen Christopher the week before playing soccer in the park. As a result... Oh, it says Christopher. Yeah. As a result, Bill was able to identify the YMCA that sponsored the soccer team along with the team's coach. Although many had been sympathetic to Bill, the coach was unwilling to help him. A few days later, he found out that Betty had left Texas and went to Atlanta, Georgia. One important clue that Bill obtained was a photograph of his son with his soccer team. Surprisingly, Betty was in the picture as well. Unfortunately, Bill has not been able to find a trace of them since. He fears that Kristoff may not want to see him again. So this is honestly one of the most bittersweet updates that I can think of. It's not even sweet. It's just bitter and awful. It's bitter. It's well, I mean, in terms of sweet, in terms of, you know, he did kind of, you know, find him. Yeah. But so just, what know. ended up happening was because she was never served with Bill's custody papers, Betty was legally wanted only for pa- passport fraud. How was she not served the custody papers? Like, whose job... Was it to serve her the custody papers, and who failed? I don't I mean, know. Like, the guy just like, oh, she's not home, fuck it, I guess I'm just gonna drive off, you know, I'll try to, I'll give, I'll try to serve her her papers tomorrow, and then the guy forgets, and then they get buried in this back seat somewhere, and then, like, really? Bill's investigations <laughs> would later reveal that she had fled to France with Kristoff because apparently she she must be part French or something because they said she spoke fluent French. And naming your kid Kristoff, I mean, come on, you're mm-hmm. you got to be kind of French for that. Kristoff Waltz. <laughs> so she was eventually located by Bill after a seven year search. Sadly, before his father could find him. Kristoff became ill with leukemia. Yeah. Tragically, he passed away in 1998 at the age of 18. Yeah. A year later, Bill located his ex-wife and learned of his son's death. Ugh. Ugh. God. Ugh. That's rough. The bitch couldn't have even told him that the son died. Only when he found her. Oh, yeah, your son's been dead for a year. Yeah, I mean, come on! Like, what the hell? I think like, I, I think you could, she couldn't even say, get a hold of him and say, you know, I know I've been giving you the runaround. I've been running away. I haven't, you know, let you see Kristoff, but I know he's your son and he's sick. I think it, I, he, I think he's if I over saw here my... in this particular hospital. I want you to come over and visit him. If I saw my ex-wife. And she told me that. I think I would punch a hole through her head. <laughs> just clear through her just, fucking head. Just, just Mortal Kombat yes, fatality exactly. style. Like, just, there's still... The ripper spine out and the skull. 
Yeah. Beat Tatlety. <laughs> yeah, I would put her in one of those uh, iron bowls that they start the fire underneath the bowl, and the, they basically burn to death. They basically cook to death in the iron bowl. The Romans did it, and they put these uh, like whistles in the nose, so when the more the person screamed, the more the bull would whistle, and it was some sick, macabre form of uh, entertainment for them. I put her in, in one of those. What a cunt, man. Jesus Christ. Yes. Awful, awful human being, this lady. And for what? You know, what was so bad about this guy? On paper, he see. I mean, I know there's two sides to every story, but good well, lord. Well, I mean, there, there's a chance that maybe Unsolved Mysteries left some stuff out. But regardless, even if, like, what? Like, what? how serious could it possibly be? Like, the guy was awarded custody. Right. Like, if, if, it, if, if he was, like, a criminal, I don't think he would get custody. <laughs> so... Yeah, in, 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 in a country where it is overwhelmingly slanted towards the woman's favor, he got custody. So that tells you something there. I mean, what a tragic, I mean, series of events. Not only, you know, the fact that he, you know, missed out on his son and and wasn't able to get his son back, but also the fact that a lot of this might have, you know, been prevented. Well, I mean, the leukemia probably would not have been able to. But, I mean, it just comes down to multiple different factors that are completely out of, his, out of his control. The custody papers thing, like, he can't control that. Somebody didn't do their fucking job, and that made it so it was a lot easier for her to flee and, and not be caught. Um, and also made it impossible for him to really take Christopher, because the custody papers are never really served to her. Um, and I mean, you know, ostensibly I mean, the kid died. Well, that too. Not knowing, you know, not knowing his father, and, not and yeah, or, really... or his opinion, or his father's opinion of him. You know, like, no, where's daddy? How come daddy hasn't been in my life? You know, uh, I mean, God knows the horrific things the mother filled the. The kid's mother head probably with. just lied to the kid. Oh yeah, and just told him all this bullshit, and the kid didn't know any better. So it's kind of like what happened with the. Uh, I know there was one family member, uh, you know, who actually was involved. Remember the one where the kids were stolen, taken away by the grandparents because of satanic abuse or whatever? Oh, yeah, that was the case that you went more in-depth on on your YouTube channel and didn't yeah, did I someone did. from the family, like, comment or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, and they were kind of like, you know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. But in, in, in out, out yeah, of respect they had Stockholm to, syndrome. to them, it, they, that's what happens when you're brainwashed. You know, you're not gonna, especially at that young of an age, and that when you're that impressionable, you're you're not gonna. Th- th- what your reality is could be completely fabricated, but because it's something that you grew up with and something that's such such a part of your memory, and you don't really see anything different, and there's really no reason for you to see anything different, you're not going to. So, and it's sad about, you know, their real parents and how they didn't want anything to do with them, but, uh, and, and, and their other family, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, there were some things that Unsolved Mysteries did leave out, but I just don't buy into satanic abuse. I don't buy it. It's, it's, it's satanic panic. That's really what it is. Uh, we did a whole series about satanic panic, and I think that's just another example of that. So... 
Um, that's probably what happened with with Kristoff. Uh, uh, he went uh, to his grave not really knowing who his father really was, or the fact that he he really cared about him and he loved him, and he went through all, all this trouble and just so much uh, extra effort to find him, and he'll never know that. Yep. So. Happy Thursday, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to get happier with oh, a, yeah, a this, massacre, this right? Case. Yeah. Jesus. So this is considered to be one of the most infamous cases in Unsolved Mysteries by a lot of people. Uh, I get it, because it's horrific, but at the same time, it's extremely short. So they didn't really have the typical reenactment. They had a little bit, but it wasn't anything that was, like, in-depth or extensive. The interviews were pretty short as well so it's one of those things that it's it's got infamy but if you're just looking at it straight just looking at the case just from the unsolved mystery segment there's really not a lot there um i i think that there is more provided i think there's a book Uh, one of our uh group members uh posted a a link to it i think that they bought the book about the bowling massacre uh or or a documentary or something uh i i think it's a book though and it it has more details about the bowling massacre as well as some information about like the shooting of the reenactment and everything um so this is the las cruces bowling alley massacre on february 10th 1990 cook ida holgan was in the kitchen of the las cruces bowling alley preparing for lunch in the main office, day manager Stephanie Sinak was adding up the previous night's receipt. Receipts. Stephanie's 12-year-old daughter, Melissa Repass, and Melissa's friend Amy Hauser were with her in the office. At approximately 8.20 a.m., a gunman appeared and forced Ida into the office, where a second gunman was already holding the other three hostage. The two men forced Stephanie to get them all of the money in the office, and they took $4,000 from the safe. After that, the victims assumed that the gunman would leave. However, for reasons unknown, the gunman shot each of them in the head. I mean, it's already horrific enough that their safety and their privacy, you know, it's been a vi- it's been completely violated by this break-in. But then for what really is a completely unnecessary reason, uh, really, there isn't really much of a reason. The government just killed them all. No witnesses, I guess. I don't know. But the it, but wasn't he wear? I mean, like I guess, but weren't they wearing something that was covering up their face? I don't know. Let me so, do a, let me do a quick looky loo on the uh, reenactment here and see if uh, that was in fact the case there, because that's usually an mo is. You know, no witnesses. All right. Las Cruces Bowling Alley. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. No, they were not wearing masks. Their faces okay, were that not makes, they, that, that makes more sense yeah, their then. Their faces were not covered. Yeah. So they, but at the same time, why would they, you know, they might not really even know who they are. And also, it's a security camera. Their security camera footage. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, they might not have thought about that at that time period like they would now. Oh, yeah. Precisely. Um,. I actually remember watching this, I think, on a Lifetime rerun. I remember seeing this uh, particular segment. And it was like one of those first times where you see like a segment that 
it has like a massacre and you're just you know and as a kid it's one of those things where it's like oh man that's that's pretty messed up you know yeah so around the same time employee steve Tehran arrived with his two-year-old daughter valerie and seven-year-old stepdaughter paula the gunman forced them into a corner with the other victims all three were also shot in the head Damn. Damn. Before leaving, the gunman set fire to a part of the bowling alley. Why? <laughs> What's with the arson? They think it's like a, a cheap, easy way to cover their cover their tracks, but it never really, it never usually works out the way they think it's going to. No, it didn't fire, burn down the entire bowling alley. So, <laughs> didn't burn down the body, didn't burn up the bodies. So, minutes later, Melissa called nine one one. Police and paramedics soon arrived and began treating the seven victims. Steve Tehran, his stepdaughter Paula, and Amy Hauser were pronounced dead at the scene. Valerie Tehran died at the hospital that day. However, Stephanie, Melissa, and Ida survived the attack. That's that's a miracle. These are all shots in the head, by the way, folks. God, how bad must Stephanie feel, you know? Like, she was the, the adult in charge of the situation, and, you know, the friend's daughter dies... And she's still alive, you know. And I mean, every a lot of people died in that situation, so it's just crappy all around. But survivor's guilt, I'm sure, is a big thing going on in that mm-hmm. situation. It's awful. So, and also, I mean, what's also equally awful is just living through that. I mean, you, your life is never the same after that. Like you are, that's just going to be a constant terror that you're going to be carrying with you, like all the time. Yeah, and how much money did they even like net from that? $4,000. Jesus Christ. That is... That is so... Ugh. That's so despicable. And they had to split that, too, I'm assuming. I know, yeah. Ugh. God. So, authorities questioned several witnesses in the case. Stephanie's brother, told, Steve, told police that he had driven past the bowling alley just minutes before the shooting. He saw two Hispanic men walking towards the front of the building. The older man handed the younger man a small briefcase. The older man squatted down and then looked at Steve as he passed by the scene. Thank God Steve didn't stop, you know, and go see what's going on. Authorities were are not certain if the murders were a result of a robbery gone wrong or if there was another motive. Uh, I think it's clear they didn't want witnesses, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Rumor is that the men planned to rob the place and were angry to discover so many people inside. Really? That's what happened? They thought there wasn't going to be that many people employed at this bowling alley. So they go in and they're all like, oh, damn it. There's too many people. Better break out the gun. I'll teach you a lesson for existing here. (laughs) It's just like the the level. I mean, it it just... it it just spikes considerably. It's just like, what causes you to jump to that conclusion? Like, oh, I didn't think there was going to be this many people in the bowling alley when I when I when I uh, went into it to rob it. So uh, the logical solution is to kill them all. <laughs> like you're just like, <laughs> what? Um, kids too, man. Like there's a special place yeah. in hell for uh, people. Oh, absolutely. Who kill little kids. However, it is also possible the murders were drug-related. Ida is sure that she had seen them before analyzing customers and the daily operation of the alleys. 
Ida is convinced that someone knows the men who committed these murders. Well, if it is drug-related, why do they kill the the kid? I don't under... What does that have to do with anything? To send a message? By the cartel? I, I don't... I don't know. Uh, suspects. No one has been identified in this case. The suspects are described as Mexican, but they sp spoke perfect English. Suspect number one was described as a Hispanic male who stood at approximately 5'10", weighing 160 to 170 pounds. One of the composites looked like Geraldo a little bit. Racist. Uh, good old Satan. Racist. Good old Satan. Is that really racist? I don't know. Let's ask our racist consultant uh, over here, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, is that? I don't. We don't have that. I, we should probably get it <laughs> now nowadays in this in this no. current climate. Well, he's got the mustache. He's got a similar hairstyle. That's what I was kind of going for. It wasn't, you know. I don't. I don't because actually, they're Hispanic. I don't actually think it's racist, Mike. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm just taking things too seriously as usual. Yep. Which drives people nuts. Oh, does it? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like you have an it's... example on the tip of your tongue. Well, no. I mean, I. It's happened with my parents. It's happened with other people, and. It's just, you know, people are just like, it's a joke. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> and then it's just one of those things where I, I, I just kind of mess with them, you know, by being sarcastic. Uh, okay. And they just don't pick it up. They don't pick it up. Like, they just think I'm being super serious. And it's because I'm pretty good at that. So basically, you just kill the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I just murder it. I shoot it in the head. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Making a joke. Well, it's not like I make jokes about uh, people who are murdered, like uh, those hotarded people in Las Cruces yeah, who yeah, killed those yeah, kids. Yeah. Jeez, hotards. <laughs> I found a, I found a, uh, a, a acceptable substitute for ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous is what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's the other one. Uh Suspect two was also described as Hispanic male, standing at approximately five foot six, weighing about one hundred and forty pounds. Uh, he was an older guy. Um, this case uh, first aired on the April twenty first, nineteen ninety, April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety episode. It was also profiled in America's Most Wanted, and documented on the show I Survived. In the latter program, Ida was actually interviewed. Oh shit! I would love. I would love to see that interview. Uh, a movie recreation, a murder in Las Cruces, has been made documenting it. A movie recreation. Wow. So that's a... Uh, okay. So uh, the suspect sketches were created by Lois Gibson, who I guess was also featured on uh, Unsolved Mysteries in one in one particular segment. It's unsolved, sadly. Since the murders, the bowling alley was sold and first renamed Sun Lanes and then later Ten Pin Alley. Yeah, I mean, after something like this, the bowling alley would just be forever linked to this horrific crime scene. So it'd be really hard for people to have fun at the Las Cruces bowling alley, right? <laughs> I mean, that'd be a perfect place to become haunted. Yep. So they d tried to rename it, didn't work because people just knew the location and just didn't want to go there. And I don't blame. Well, them. I don't understand how like Columbine High School is still a thing. You know? Yeah. Like, how the fuck can you go to Columbine and 
be like, oh, this is the lunchroom where everyone was shot. Like, what the fuck? But I mean, it's a high school. So it, that's understandable. A bowling alley, like I, I could, you know, it's one of those things where it depends on people being there and, and people go there for fun and recreation. You know, if your bowling alley is connected to a, a scene where multiple people were shot in the head, yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't want to be drinking beers and, you know, having a good old time at, at the Las Cruces bowling alley. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, Despite there's an a... extensive oh, investigation. Sorry, huh? Sorry, go ahead. I was about to say something else. I didn't know you were still on that article. Despite an extensive investigation, the suspects have yet to be identified or brought to justice. Uh, the manager of the bowling alley, Stephanie Senak, passed away in 1999. Uh, Ida has reported that she still suffers from headaches and PTSD as a result of the attack. That's that's unfortunate. She hopes that the case will one day be closed. Uh, this looks like it probably won't be. That sucks, man. Yeah, the bowling alley's no longer open. Yeah, speaking of shootings, there was one in, um... Yeah, Los Angeles. Was it Los Angeles? Yeah, I saw something on Facebook. It was a high school... Uh, some... There's so many of these fucking shootings. I think a big part of it is the media, and they keep... Like we said before in other videos, they keep promoting it in an in, in a indirect way to these individuals by providing them an avenue for fame and notoriety. Yeah, um, there apparently two are dead, five are injured, um, and yeah, I mean it's just it's like well, day in a life in in America, you know, welcome to America. This shit happens all the fucking time and. I don't I don't know what the fucking solution is anymore, you know. I, I have no idea. I do know well, I would say one of it a, a, a way to help is to stop reporting it yeah. so much well, and yeah. actually like stop stop, you know, like rem have them remain anonymous, you know. Do yes. not show their picture, do not say their identity, just, you know, report the facts and anonymous know. gunman. Yeah. Anonymous fucking and loser that nobody that will never get the notoriety that they so badly wanted because you know a lot of that is a uh, lot of part it of yeah it. it's yeah that's a part of it it's for them to become infamous the sociopathic narcissistic ways of the shooter i mean uh elliot roger you know his manifesto you know oh god that, that kid's best, head was so far up his own ass the best thing to do with those type of individuals is not pay attention you know not give them the attention that they're looking for although it could be argued that if elliot roger had gotten attention during his life he maybe wouldn't have done that but maybe that's that's but, that's not anybody else's fault except his that's own that's a different kind of attention yeah that's what that is um and also you know better mental health in in, in our country that's another thing too um, I would like to say, though, mass shootings, it, if this brings any kind of comfort to anyone, are only a very small portion of gun deaths in this country. Oh, absolutely. The uh, the the, the um, leading cause of gun death in America is suicide. Yep. So, yep, the mental health thing is definitely an imperative. Um, and unfortunately, guys, it's crazy, I know, because I feel like you just hit play, and you, and you probably did, but... Uh, that's all time we have for this week. It was a shorter, yep. shorter little guy. 
Uh, but it was a dark. A dark and short. Yeah, go back and listen yeah. to some of the previous ones and get some more yucks from <laughs> there because uh, we picked some cases that didn't really have happy endings. We but, ended we ended on suicide, so yeah. Yeah, and the other one was death by leukemia. Uh, so yeah. But anyway, um, if you want to join our Facebook group, you can do so by going to facebook.com, going to the group section, typing in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. We have a very awesome group of kick-ass people in there, and you should... Become a part of that. You can donate to us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You get the podcast early, which you'll definitely be getting it early this week because we're recording it on Thursday. So, uh, you know, it, it's not going to officially drop till Monday. So uh, you can also put your suggestions in Patreon for episodes you want us to cover in the future. And if you want more, in me and my, more of me and Mike, but separately, you can visit our YouTube channels. Mike is youtube.com slash OCP Communications. He's a movie guy. What was the last thing you did, Mike? The last thing I did was another uh, vlog. This time I talked a little bit more about Copa and YouTube and um, mentioned that I created a BitChute account. So I will, if I ever decide to do reviews of kids' movies which or cartoons, which I do want to do, uh, those reviews will be on that platform because of YouTube's whole thing with the uh, kid friendly or kid attracted content or whatever um with copa it's, it's just I, I would just rather be safe than sorry i even deleted a ton of videos that were like kid reviews like re reviews of like kids movies because i just don't want to i don't want to deal with it um a friend of mine he's actually heavily considering and i don't think he's just considering i think he's gonna he's gonna do it he's gonna delete his channel which sucks uh, I mean, he's uh, he's had the channel for over a decade, and there's a lot of content on there. But I guess he'd just rather be safe than sorry. I guess he's really he's really afraid that he could get fined by the FTC, like forty two thousand dollars. But um, I looked at you know a lot of things, and I did some you know extra research, and I just, just took a step back and just thought about it and. It's not very likely that they're going to go after people who are demonetized, let alone don't have any, don't really have a lot of income. Because any lawyer will tell you, you don't sue or find somebody who can't pay. Because they could just literally just say, they could just claim bankruptcy and you don't get anything. Or, or it'd be one of those things where you would just uh, get a little bit of money every now and then. If you, if it's, it's, it's not worth it. It isn't worth it. Um, they're going to go more than likely after the 1% on YouTube that are like making like money hand over fist, um, than they are to go after the little guy. Um, but it sucks cause it's going to be like walking on eggshells every time you upload on YouTube until further notice, which is a feeling that I definitely don't like. And I know I'm not alone on that, but I'm not going to uh, leave YouTube. I'm not going to leave, uh, not delete my channel or anything. I think deleting I'm your channel is a, is a bit hasty of a, a bit rash of a move. Honestly, I mean, I know, I know, but you know, it's his, it's his channel, it's his, his content, and you know, I just think he he's going to gonna do, regret it. I think he's, it's going to be a big regret, you know, especially if you have. I, I, I mean, I, I, I support his decision, and you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. We're really good friends, and it's one of those things where it's just like whatever, you know. <laughs> I've said my piece, you know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but I, I, I personally, yeah, I'm not worried about 
the fines. And anyway, they're up to $42,000. If you look at the FAQ, uh, Frequently Asked Questions on uh, their website, it, it's not like a one-time fee of $42,000 every single time. It's one of those things where it's probably they're going to send you a warning, uh, kind of a similar to a cease and desist. And they're, they'll in that, it'll say like, oh, if you don't, reclassify that video the right way you know we will find you up to blah blah they blah. just they they have to disclose the maximum amounts that they can legally charge you there that doesn't that doesn't that never means that it's absolutely going to happen you know like it, with a, the dui it's like uh yeah. you could be fined up to a hundred thousand dollars in a in one year in jail but that never ever happens well yeah look at the fbi the fbi with their whole uh, thing with copyright you know when you pop in a dvd or blu-ray you know the whole like you could be fined up to five hundred thousand dollars for piracy or a certain we amount will, of time in jail we will kill your dynasty and there's really not that many people who get busted by the fbi let alone get that kind of penalty by the fbi they just get, you just get like say if you're like pirating off uh you know whatever i've heard of a bunch of people who had comcast back in the day they would get, yeah they would get letters saying hey you just get letters we've noticed you're doing that yeah Could you stop i which is that's it's <laughs> funny because like i did it too and we had the same internet providers yeah. everyone else and we never got that letter so i don't know no i got one of those uh i've gotten those a couple times uh they can take away your internet so that is one thing but they probably won't because it's money that you're giving them so you kind of have to look at things that way and also the ftc is not going to have the time or resources to find every single person that they possibly can like come on it's the ftc it's the federal trade commission like do you think that they have they're just sitting on their thumbs most of the day they're dealing with the entire united states's uh, commissions and some of their communications so what's going on with YouTube is probably something that they're more than likely just going to hand off to YouTube and let them try to deal with it for the most part. Right. They'll come in when it's absolutely necessary. And I mean, YouTube, so, they're a big enough corporation at this point to where they're, you know, I'm sure that the the they're, they will be entrusted with, you know, upholding Yeah. these uh, exactly. standards or whatever. So I I'm I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I think it's going to affect YouTube in a lot of ways, uh, but I just I don't I'm not too worried about it when it comes to what I do. Like my channel's not intended for kids. It doesn't have a lot of kids' content, and from going going forward, it's not really going to have any. So, uh, I I think I'm safe. Um, but uh, it's just one of those things. I just have to wait and see. Anyway, it, it probably will wind up being not anywhere near as serious as we think, and more than likely, with all the amount of people that are sending questions and talking to the FTC, they might completely change the, the way that they're going to do this. So. It's it's one of those things where I think it's too early to panic, and it's too you know it's one of those things that I know it's scary and it's different, but at the same time YouTube should have followed this since 2013, and they didn't. So they didn't do anything about this until they got sued and lost 170 million dollars. Damn. So yeah, uh, so now we gotta we gotta uh, lie in that bed that YouTube uh, already pre-made for us, but didn't tell us about. So, well, um, there, there you go. If you want to learn more about that, visit Mike's uh, <laughs> YouTube channel at OCP Communications. If you want to visit my YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash dancingwithghosts. And uh, my last video that I just uploaded today is uh, my problem with uh, some of the inductees in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, yeah. I feel like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a big farce. It is not credible. <laughs> it is not a credible institution. The committee... 
is just uh, drinking some mushroom tea and smoking too much it should, herb. It should just be called the Popular Music Hall. Yeah, Fame. that would make a lot more sense, honestly. Or, you know, yeah, just the Popular Music Hall of Fame because, I mean, it's just... You know, when you start adding people or like the hard rock or just the hard rock, <laughs> but even that doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work. I mean, that you know, you got you got like four rap acts in there. You, you got yeah. Madonna. You got ABBA. I mean, yeah. if your definitions are that fucking broad, why isn't like, you know, it's just the music. It's just the music. <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yeah, why isn't like, you know, everybody who sold, you know, over a million records in there at this point, you know, why, you know, why isn't uh, fucking, you know, uh, what's her face? Um, Tiffany or Lady Gaga, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, I'm, all these pop disposable pop stars names are escaping me. Katy Perry. No, they, you need, got it. Your release has to be around 25 years after, uh, your, well, I mean, if we're going by, you know, Madonna's in there, they'll probably be in there. Oh, no, absolutely. No, they absolutely will. Lady Gaga will. Yeah, no, Lady Gaga will absolutely get in there. I don't know if Katy Perry will. If she if she does, it won't be until way, like way further down the line than Lady Gaga. Cause here's the thing. It's just like, that's I feel you because that's not really rock and roll. That's pop music. So they should have a separate. And the thing like, about hall of like hip hop, why, why can't why can't it be like split up? So like you have the pop music hall of fame and you have the rock and roll hall yeah. of fame. Yeah, and then my, then my gripe with hip hop is it's hip hop and this is rock and the or rap yeah and the two are not the same. Go into the rap or hip hop hall of fame. I mean, the only person I could see, you know, hip hop that I could think of the top of my head is you know uh, Run DMC, who did work with Aerosmith. Well, so and I even like, said you that could kind of. I, yeah, I even said that in my video, and they have, they have a song called "Tougher Than Leather," and they they have yeah. a rock infusion, just like I'm okay with the Beastie Boys being in there too. Yeah, but in general, you got people like fucking N.W.A., which was the furthest thing from rock and roll. And yeah. it's just bullshit. It's like it's totally tainted and it's not. Anyway, I go into a whole thing about it. So check that video out. And I'm already running over well, it's here. Because it's become commercialized and it was just like the Hard Rock Cafe. I don't know. know. They've, they've been inducting people in there that are questionable to me from for a long time. I mean, they inducted uh, Hollow Notes back in 19. Was it 1990 <laughs> or something? I didn't know. I love Hall. I like I definitely enjoy some Hollow Notes, but. They they are not rock and roll. No, no, they are not. <laughs> I mean, Billy Joel is closer to rock and roll than yeah, yeah, <laughs> than Hollow Notes. <laughs> so anyway, that's all the time I got for this week, guys. I got to get running and go and ho- host trivia and then go host karaoke. It's gonna be a long night for me, but I hope you guys have a good day and or night. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya.